I truly believe that community colleges are the paragon of democracy. You know, they're the only democratic approach to higher education that we have. They give people first, second, and third chances because we really don't turn anybody away. Community colleges are convenient. We are by far the best value in higher education. We have to get more students into that pathway to the middle class. And that's why I think community colleges play a key role. And that stigma is preventing some students from taking advantage of what we need to be looking at in higher education. I attended community college for about two years after high school. It was a really great option for my family at the time. A lot of my teachers at the community college were professors from other universities um, that were not community colleges or were, you know, considered like uh, prestigious universities. It's a big part of a community college is that you're kind of like a family and you know most of the people that go there and you're staying within a smaller community, smaller close-knit family almost. Welcome to the Hashtag NCC Stigma podcast project. I'm Steve Robinson, president of Owens Community College in Ohio. And this is episode three of our podcast dedicated to ending the unfair stigma placed on America's community colleges. This is now a six-part series of podcasts due to the amazing response from people on social media using the hashtag NCCStigma. The podcast is designed to amplify the voices of people from across the country who are working to create a more accurate view of community college and technical careers. On today's episode, we hear from a number of community college students, a published author, a university faculty member from the area of higher education leadership, as well as one of the country's leading community college presidents. Guests on this episode include Mackenzie Craig, William Serrata, Regina Garza-Mitchell, Tori Kopp, Emily Timmerman, and Tara Zirkel. We begin the episode with my conversation with Mackenzie Craig, a student athlete and community college student in Pennsylvania. Special thanks to the Pennsylvania Commission for Community Colleges for connecting me with Mackenzie for this interview. I am delighted to be talking to Mackenzie Craig, who is a student athlete at Butler Community College, or as they call it there, BC3. Mackenzie, how you doing? Good, Steve. How are you? I'm great. I'm great. I'm really happy to be talking to you. By the way, the folks in uh, Pennsylvania Community Colleges have been awesome to work with, and they hooked me up with you. <laughs> I'm happy to be having this conversation. Before we talk about the uh, social media campaign about community college stigma, tell me a little bit about your academic situation. What are you studying at uh, BC3? Um, right now, I am currently a sophomore. At BC3, I'm just finishing up my second year in the criminology program. And Very cool. Yep. <laughs> so when I graduate, I'll be getting my associate's degree and then going on to bigger and better. <laughs> that's, that's what we do. That's what we do. So, so you're going on to study criminal justice, and then uh, I think you shared with me you're going to go into the academy to become uh, part of the state police. Yep. That's my plan. (laughs) That's awesome. Well, I appreciate your dedication to that very important career. Now, you're also a student athlete, right? I am, yeah. Okay, all right. And and I understand you've competed against our women at Owens. Uh, What sports do you play? I play volleyball, basketball, and then 
this year I actually joined the softball team. So wow. <laughs> staying busy. Yeah, definitely. I hopefully, yeah. hopefully finding time to study. Yes. Very yep. good. Very, very good. Well, look, I'm really happy to be talking to you on uh, one question I want to ask. Uh, what, what do you like about being a community college student? Well, you know, I think one of the main things that's pretty obvious about community college is that, you know, I'm saving money by going there. Yeah. Um, when I graduate from BC3, I will have no student loans, no student debt whatsoever, which is amazing to start out with my first two years. Um, but besides that, I also really love staying within the community mm-hmm. and being with people that, you know, are, are from where you're from and are kind of just like you. And it's really nice that it's like, it's just their own community in within the community college. So it just feels like home when you're there, That's, which it is. <laughs> yeah, it is. So, so BC3 must be close to where you grew up. Yes. It's actually, um, it's about 25 minutes. Mm-hmm. from where I'm from, mm-hmm. but I've always been within the Butler limits, so. <laughs> okay, all right, all right, and as you noted, you know, you, you you saved money going there, and that's money that you're going to need when you go on to do this other training to get your bachelor's degree and go to the police academy, right? Oh, definitely, yeah, because, I mean, the expenses for, like, I'm planning on going to IUP, and the expenses there are probably almost quadruple what it is at bc3 which mm-hmm. is crazy mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. but but it's what your goal is and you've conserved yep. you've conserved your resources so that you can go on and do that um exactly well that's fantastic so um uh, another question i have for you is you obviously made a, a a choice to attend a community college a really good one so yep. um have you heard people say negative or disrespectful things about community colleges what what have you heard <laughs> like that um I really heard it a lot, like my senior year, people always seem to talk down BC3 to me and make it sound like it was some, oh, people only went there because they can't, they can't go to a four year. They're not ready. They're not. And maybe for some that's true, but in all honesty, I mean, I was ready to go to a four year, but I didn't because I knew what I wanted to do. I wanted to save money and mm-hmm. kind of stay within the community for a little bit and then go on. Mm-hmm. So... But I think really the reason why people talk down on a community college is just because, you know, they're not able to save money like we are. <laughs> well, yeah, there's that. And there might be ignorance, too. I mean, it sounds yeah. to me, and let me turn Definitely. that into a question. So since you've been a student at a good community college and have gotten a lot out of that experience, what do you think you know that those people who put it down don't know? Um, I would say that... They don't know that people that are at the community colleges, that are working at the community colleges, um, because, you know, my teachers and the faculty and everyone there are so welcoming and so kind, and they go out of their way to help all students there, no matter who you are. And I don't think that you get that at other colleges, honestly, because everyone else, your faculty and staff that are working there are from the community as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So everyone is just like, it's just a big family when you go to a community college. Well, that's so. very cool. And for you, so you're you're an athlete on the volleyball team. You're an athlete on the basketball team. You're an athlete now on the softball team. And <laughs> that would not have happened at a university, would it? Oh, my gosh, no. <laughs> um, I always say, you know, when I graduated from high school, I didn't even plan on playing sports. Really? Because I didn't really think that I 
could play at a college level. But when I was given the opportunity by my volleyball coach and then the basketball coach at BC3 to get to continue on and get to play college, it's opened so many doors for me just being able to start at a community college. So, especially for athletics. <laughs> That's fantastic. You know, and for my own, I spent a lot of time in the classroom as a faculty member at a community college, and it wasn't until I became an administrator, a provost, and now a president that I spent a lot of time with athletes. I also, I always had them in my classes, but you all as student athletes really impressed me. I mean, <laughs> you, you really, I mean, you have to do so much and you guys have study table time and everything. Academics is really important. So hats off yeah. to you for playing three <laughs> sports for BC3. That That's a big accomplishment. Well, thank you. <laughs> so what makes you proud to be a community college student? You're going to be one for the rest of your life. You go to IUP, you're going to be, you're going to be yeah. uh, a community college transfer. What, why are you proud of that? I would say that I'm proud of it because I'm able to show that, you know, I went to school with my community and it was staying within my hometown and my home area. And I think having pride in where you're from and who you are is kind of what shows when you go to a community college. So <laughs> that's fantastic. That's so cool. And then, you know, the other thing, since you're headed toward uh, it's, it's the state Academy and I'm not incredibly familiar with what it's like in Pennsylvania, but nationally, I don't know if you knew this, but most, most of the first responders, police, EMT fire across the country receive uh-huh. their training at two year colleges. Most of them. So uh, wow. we do, I mean, like at our community college, we have two police academies. We train EMTs yeah. and firefighters. And so uh, you're going off to the state academy, but that's mm-hmm. wonderful. So I never knew that. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it's another reason to be proud. I mean, when you're, yeah. when you're working with law enforcement, you're going to have, uh, you're, you're going to be with a lot of people who spent time at to your college and get it and understand it. So yeah. hey, one last question for you, Mackenzie. So um, imagine that there is a group of people who don't know a lot about community colleges and uh, you're kind of called upon as the person uh, to speak up for community colleges and explain mm-hmm. why they're good, what the value is. What would you tell a group of people who might be skeptical about community colleges or have some of the stigma? What, what would you say? Um, well, first, obviously, I would say that you're saving money. <laughs> you're saving yourself from all of these student debt and student loans that people are continuously trying to crawl out of the hole of. But you're also kind of staying home in a good way. And you're staying within pe- with people that you know and that kind of know you. And you're staying within a smaller community, smaller, close-knit family almost. And I don't think many people realize that. You know, it's... It's a big part of a community college is that you're kind of like a family and you know most of the people that go there. So <laughs> well, that's fantastic. And you know, it's interesting when I talk to folks across the country and when I'm talking to you now, it's interesting how much of our community college experience is shared across the country. Because I think our students where I get to work uh-huh. uh, would say similar things. And so yeah. it's really inspirational to hear you, to hear you say that. And, um, I really appreciate you spending some time talking to me. Well, thank you. I really appreciate talking to you too. (laughs) Okay, right. You have a great season, and uh, and unless we're playing you in softball, um, (laughs) what's your mascot? What what are your what's your team called? Um, We're the BC Three Pioneers. Okay, go go Pioneers. (laughs) 
Oh, well, thank you. Yeah, unless you're playing the Express. Okay. Yeah. So, all right. Well, thank you very much, Mackenzie. You take care. Thanks. You too. Yep. Bye. All right. Well, I am really happy to be joined on the telephone by Dr. William Serrata, who is the president of El Paso Community College and talking to me from the airport on the way back from the PTK conference. How are you, William? I'm doing really well, Dr. Robinson. What an honor to be with you. Um, I'm so proud that you've started this. It is long overdue. Um, I'm excited that an Aspen fellow uh, who's a sitting president now has really moved forward in and really ending a community college stigma that has gone on for far too long. Oh, it's so great to talk to you. And of course, we both have very busy schedules. So we've been playing phone tag. And this is the second time you and I have tried to talk while you're in an airport. Uh, you came back from the Phi Theta Kappa meeting and, and you are telling me what an inspirational meeting it was. Before we have our conversation, can you just share a little bit about honor students and PTK? Absolutely. I mean, so Phi Theta Kappa is, is, by, is the um, most prestigious honor society for community college students. So each one of our respective institutions has a chapter of Phi Theta Kappa. Uh, my students are amazing, just like your students are and all community college students are. But in addition to that, this is um, what an honor for me to have been um, nominated by our chapter, by our students to receive um, the Shirley B. Gordon Award um, that is um, bestowed on community college presidents. So as I tell my students, I'm only an honorary member of a Phi Theta Kappa because mm -hmm. as an undergrad, I did not have the grades to be an honor student. So I'm so proud of our students and thrilled to be a part of this. Um, it was amazing. Over 4,000 of our students from the 1,100 community colleges here, excited, um, ready to change the world in our nation. Well, and, and that's exactly what we do, and, and, and kudos to you on behalf of your students for that recognition, uh, PTK recognizing a very important leader in our sector. So great honor for you and your institution and, and, the, uh, and the sector. So thanks for that. So this hashtag NCC stigma, the whole topic of trying to push back on misconceptions about community colleges, what is it that uh, resonated with you about that? You know, what resonated with me is, is just this, um, you know, we know that in today's society, the only pathway to the middle class is through higher education. And yet what we see is they're, they're not building more and more universities. Um, we have uh, a number of institutions that are not at capacity that we really need to look at. And then what excites me is that, you know, we really are as community colleges, we're the last bastion of democracy from my perspective. Uh, we take all students very proud to be open admissions with high expectations for the students that we serve. And so we know that the pathway to the middle class is the only, uh, it, higher education is the only pathway to the middle class. And therefore we gotta get more students into higher education and community colleges are convenient. We are the, by far the best value in higher education and we are that pathway. And so we wanna, we need to make sure that students understand that and that we end this stigma because all higher education is college, community college, technical education, it's all college. We have to get more students into that pathway to the middle class. And that's why I think community colleges play a key role. And that stigma is preventing, from my perspective, some students from taking advantage of what we need to be looking at in higher education. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And, uh, that, and, and that was a very uh, eloquent way of putting that. I mean, we are, we are real college. We are college for so many uh, individuals in our country. 
can, can you give me an, an example or an anecdote of that stigma and how, as you say, it's, it's holding students back? What are some examples of the, uh, the stigma in action? So I'll, I'll give you one that was really prominent. So before I came to El Paso, this is my seventh year in El Paso, very proud and loved the community, loved the institution. Um, but I served for 16 years at South Texas College. Um, we decided in 2004 to start pursuing offering baccalaureate degrees. And so at that time, our accrediting agency said if we wanted to offer baccalaureate degrees, we had to change our name from South Texas Community College to South Texas to something else. So we couldn't be a community college any longer. Wow. So we really we really fretted over it because we were so proud to be a community college. So we ended up changing our name to South Texas College. And the reaction we received from the community was dumbfounding. It was, oh, you're a real college now. And that really was, that, that it stung. Ouch. We've always been a real college. We've always been a real college. We've always provided students with pathways. Uh, we've always helped students get to the next level and, and move up in social economic status. And so that was really the one that, that, that I felt the most. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's, it's something that continues. And, and so I was so excited again, Dr. Robinson, when you started this, um, this movement to really end the stigma. Well, and you know, it's funny that that's an interesting anecdote because a number of uh, community colleges have uh, undergone a name change, and obviously that's a local decision, and and there's a lot that goes into it. But it, that that community reaction that you describe, it, you, you said it was a sting. It, it must have stung. It it, it kind of like wow, you know, we always we always were this thing. It, it sure did. It, it really did. Uh, and what we did is we took advantage of that and ran with it and said, you know, here's all the wonderful things that we do as an institution of higher education. But now I'm in El Paso and we're not going to be changing our name. And I, and I give a lot of credit to Dr. Bell Whelan, who was from the community college sector, who ended up becoming the president and CEO for the Southern Association of Colleges and Schools Commission on Colleges and has changed that. So if community colleges now choose to start looking at a level change to offer baccalaureates, they no longer have to change their name. And I think that's really important. Oh, I'm happy you, you ended the, the good ending to that story. Sounds like you had a lot to do with that. So good, good for Texas, good for you. Um, what, you know, it, I almost don't have to ask you this uh, question because it comes out in your voice. I can hear it in your energy. But what is it that makes you proud to serve a community college? Again, um, I'm, in, I'm thrilled. Uh, this is the sector of higher education that I want to be in. Um, I love the community college sector. Again, as an open it, uh, admissions institution with high expectations for the students that we serve, it, it truly is where I want to be. Uh, again, I feel like um, community colleges are the last bastion of democracy in our nation to be able to educate uh, the population to understand their civic responsibilities while at the same time facilitating their dreams into moving up uh, into the next level of their respective educational journeys. To me, that is exciting. Um, I'm very proud to work at, at Community College. I'm very proud of the students that we're fortunate to serve. Well, I and, and I feel the same way, and we're proud that you're, you're doing that work. And I'm also very appreciative of you taking a time 
for me during your layover at the airport to have this conversation. You're a very busy person, and uh, this means a lot to me. So I am sure that you have an answer for this question at the ready. You probably have to deliver a speech like this uh, uh, on multiple occasions over the course of an academic year. But imagine for a minute that you have a, an audience that doesn't quite know a lot about community colleges or maybe even harbors some of these misconceptions or stigmas about them. What would, what would your argument be to that group to be a proponent for community college? You know, Dr. Robinson, it's a great question. And again, I'm thrilled that you're leading this initiative and, and just honored to be a part of it. So my, my pitch to anyone would be, we are by far the best value in education we, we have small class sizes. Our faculty are focused on facilitating our students' success. They do research, but that is not their primary function. Their primary function is teaching, and they are phenomenal at it. And here's what I'd say. Here I am at the PTK conference today, and our lunch keynote, um, who is the CEO for the Jack Kent Cook Foundation, comes out with data that has been facilitated by the National Student Loan uh, Clearinghouse, National Clearinghouse, and what they show is graduation rates at the most selective institutions. So think of the Ivies plus two, mm-hmm. most selective institutions in our nation, community college transfer students, their graduation rate at those institutions is 75%. The graduation rate for students who started at those institutions is 73%. Wow. Our community college students outperform the native students at the most selective institutions in the nation. So that is my pitch for any student that's willing to come to us uh, that understands that the only pathway to the middle class is through higher education and may not be able to afford to go to another institution or has choosing to look at a faculty that are completely focused on teaching in that classroom. So, uh, again, I'm just thrilled to work at a community college and really look forward to students understanding that it's all college, whether it be technical education, whether it be um, a transfer institution, it is all college and we need them all to go to college so they all have that opportunity to move to the middle class. That is so inspirational. Dr. Serrata, I got to tell you, you, I would expect no less from someone who is such a proponent of student success and national leader that you would bring the freshest uh, data uh, to make this case to a group, it, it, and it's a it's a it's a data case based on student success. So, um, I, I, no one would be surprised that that would be your pitch to folks: is that students succeed, and here's the data to prove it. Again, Dr. Robinson, can't thank you enough. Um, uh, we all understand. Um, I'll give you one more piece. Um, yeah, please do. I, 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 I present at. at different groups and organizations on a regular basis. And, and the question that always perplexes me is when students, when, when, when people will say, well, not everyone has to go to college. And my question always is, are your children going? So whose children don't have to go to college? In today's society, again, it is just an absolute must that all students must go to college we're, there's over 1,100 of us throughout the nation and each, each and every state. We're all ready to serve our communities and to help our population, um, help them on that pathway to the middle class and beyond. So thank you for all that you've done for this particular cause. I am with you 100% and anything I can do to help, 
I'm willing to do. Well, that is wonderful. And it's so great to talk with you. And hey, thanks for racking up all those frequent flyer miles, getting across this country, doing the great work that you do, Dr. Sreda. I just, you're one of the people that I look up to in, in our movement. And it's so wonderful to have your voice in this conversation. And uh, I hope your uh, connection flight is on time and that you have a safe journey. Again, thank you so much. I look forward to seeing you uh, next week right back here in Orlando. Yep, we'll be, in, we'll be there at the AAC meeting. Thank you so much. It was great to talk to you. You as well. Well, I am very happy to be speaking with Regina Garza Mitchell, who is an associate professor of higher education leadership at Western Michigan University in Kalamazoo, Michigan. And she's also associate editor of Community College Review. Regina, how are you? I'm fine. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. I'm excited to be talking to you and I I really appreciate you taking some time with me. So you, you teach folks who enter uh, community colleges, you're involved in research, you're a professor of higher education leadership. What is it about this social media campaign to fight community college stigma that has uh, resonated with you? There are actually a a few reasons it resonated with me. I am a graduate of a community college. I am a former um, community college employee. I worked as an instructor, as a staff member, and as an administrator for community colleges. Um, But I think the, the real reason it resonated with me is that I grew up in a home that stigmatized community colleges, even though both of my parents attended them. Uh, My father earned an engineering degree from a community college, and I never knew that that was where he earned his degree from until I myself was in community college because, for some reason, he thought it was lesser. Um, They did not see community colleges, even though it led to him getting a master's degree. Community colleges in my house were not viewed as real college. Hmm. Um, So I was expected to go to, you know, a real college, which was you know, not even a state school. And I think it's because my, my father was a first generation um, person and, and it was important to him, I think, to be seen in, in, a, in a certain light. Ah. Um, so I got pregnant my senior year of high school at the age of 16 and was told I would never go to college. In mm. fact, they made me leave my high school and finish at uh, the school age parent center, which was housed in a community college. <laughs> wow. Um, Yeah, uh, very interesting. I don't think they do that anymore. Um, But after working several years, I did graduate, um, was married, had two kids, husband and I working multiple jobs full time to make ends meet. Mm -hmm. And it was my coworkers at Kroger who said, well, why don't you go to college? And I said, well, I can't. You know, I I work here. I work at JCPenney. I clean houses. You know, I don't have time. and, And who would take me? I missed that boat. And so they told me about the community college. I literally had no idea that I could go there. Um, So the hardest thing and the best thing I ever did was go into that college and say, can can I actually come to school here? (laughs) Wow. So So, you learned, you learned about the, the, the possibility of going to a community college from your coworkers at Kroger. That's fantastic. Yes. What 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 um what community college did you attend? 
I attended Mid Michigan Community College. Okay, so you went to Mid. I'm from Michigan, so we, you know, I know it well. That's great. So, yeah, and you had uh, an experience there. And and where did your um, where did your education at Mid take you? Oh my gosh, it took me straight through getting a doctorate. Um, while I was at Mid, I had a wonderful boss, Gladys Austin. Um, she was dean and later vice president, um, and she was the one who first said. She said, here, I'm, I'm getting my doctorate. This could be you one day. Um, and, and I was a student employee at the time. So that was huge because I just wanted to, to make enough money not to have to work, you know, multiple jobs and, and to keep my kids in daycare. Um, but she was, she was instrumental. And, and really everybody there never made it seem like it was an end. And so because of MID, I earned a, a full-ride scholarship when I transferred to Central Michigan uh, and that's where I earned my bachelor's degree, and then I stayed for a master's and a doctorate. Wow, you and I have that in common that we stayed at a at a state school in Michigan for three degrees. I I did the same thing at Michigan State. <laughs> so, well, that's wonderful. So obviously, the community college was uh, important to you as a young person. Important to you in your academic career. Propelled you to CMU. And um, now, now you're uh, an associate professor at a state university. And from what I understand, uh, you train leaders who go on to run community colleges. Yes. Yes, I do. It's, it's amazing <laughs> to be able to do that. Um, but I'm still finding that, that many of my students don't really have a good idea of what community colleges are or what they can do. Um, so I'm, I'm actually teaching a course this summer called the Social Justice Mission of the Community College. And oh, I want to take I, it. Can I audit that? That sounds fan, that sounds like a wonderful class. Well, we'll actually invite you to be a guest speaker. <laughs> I'm there. You put me in, Coach. Great. Well, th- that's you know, I was one of the questions I've been asking folks is if they can come up with an example of this this stigma in practice, and you. You touched on it in your own family. You had first-gen college students as parents, and it sounds like at that time, even though they used the community college as as a gateway, there was a a big social pressure to put it in the rearview mirror. Did I get that right? Yes. I I think you worded it exactly correct. Um, It wasn't until I, let's see, I had already been, a professor at the time, but when I went to work at Texas State Technical College as an administrator, you know, my father and, and really a lot of people in my family were saying, why would you work at a junior college? And the way they said it was just like that, a junior college. Right. Um, and when they started seeing what, what we were doing there and the changes that were being made when I would talk, talk to them about the students that we have and or had and the programs we were doing I it finally clicked and it actually changed the way that my family looked at community colleges and I think it helped that yes both of my children and my husband all of us have gone to a community college that's fantastic so so in that sense your 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 father kind of through your career changed his mind about the the uh, preconceptions about our institutions. Yes. 
Wow. Well, you, In fact, he was even considering teaching at one. <laughs> oh, that is so cool. Well, you know, we that's another thing we have in common. Uh, uh, um, not so much the, I'll give you a quick example. So both of my parents attended two-year colleges and my uh, my late father uh, started at Grand Rapids Community College, which he still called JC, right? That's they call him mm-hmm. junior college. And uh, my career sort of uh, had an impact on the way he talked about that experience. So that's something we have in common. Um, I've already gathered this from what you're talking about in your passion of dealing with uh, your students, but what makes you proud to be associated with community colleges? There are so many things, and I'm going to, the, I think the proudest thing is, is not anything I've been able to do, but what I've seen through, through working at and with community colleges, and that's the way that they change people. Um, my, my former boss at TSTC, Adam Hutchison, used to say, we don't change students, we change families. And that is so incredibly true. You know, sitting there on graduation day and seeing the large family that would come out and support their student, you know, whether it was the mother, the father, the the child, whoever it was that was graduating, and just seeing the way that all of them were changed through this. There's nothing else like that. Um, Seeing the change that people see in themselves, I think, is the the greatest thing. I saw it in my own husband uh, when he realized that he could do this college thing. And then he graduated with a 4.0, which was something that he, he never thought he would see himself do. Wow. Um, so seeing that confidence and not just the change in income or career, which, which is important, right. But just that confidence in self. I I love the way you put that. And I love, uh, your former, uh, uh, boss talking about that's exactly right. We change people and we change families. And uh, if, if anybody's listening who has not been to a community college commencement ceremony, you should go to one. I mean, the, they are transformative experiences. So I, I, uh, I, I really appreciate you telling that part of the story. So, Regina, I have one other question for you. And, and uh, you're probably in this situation a fair amount as an associate professor in a higher ed leadership program. But... You know, imagine that you are you have an assembled group of folks who either don't know much about community colleges or maybe have some of these negative preconceptions that we've talked about. And you're kind of called upon to be the um, spokesperson for community colleges and deliver kind of a value proposition for them. What would you tell that group of people? I truly believe that community colleges are the, the paragon of, of democracy. You know, they're, they're the, the only democratic approach to higher education that we have. They give people first, second, and third chances because they, we really don't turn anybody away. Um, community colleges serve the majority of minoritized students, including adults and women. Um, half, just about half of all students started a community college, so chances are you already know somebody who's been to one. And the best part, in my opinion, is that they help you achieve your goals, whether it's going into the workforce, earning a degree, or transferring, or all of the above. Um, there are places for, and I'm, gonna, I'm stealing this from MID, from an old uh, advertisement at MID, but they really are places for starting out or for starting over. All right, next time we're in front of a group, we're handing you the mic. That was awesome. 
that was really great. Well, Regina, I um, I'm pr- I'm proud that that folks like you are are training our higher ed leaders to come into our institutions. It's great to connect with you, and it must be so powerful for you to be, um, you know, working with doctoral students and have your own powerful community college story. Yes, it is. It is amazing. It's it's a really a real gift to work with these students, and a lot of them bring their own stories as well. I'm sure they do. I'm sure they do. Well, look, Regina, thank you so much for taking some time to talk with me. And uh, I'll see you out on Twitter as we try to end the stigma against community colleges. Sounds great. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. So I'm really happy to be talking to Tori Cup, who is a community college student. What are you studying, Tori? Um, education. Education. Great, great major. What do you like about being a community college student? Um, I like the class sizes a lot. Um, Coming from a bigger high school, it's nice to have that one-on-one with the teachers and professors. Um, You get to know your classmates really well, so you make friends with everybody. That's cool. And making friends is important. It's an important part of college. It's an important part of learning. So, hey, before you came to a community college, did you hear anything negative or bad about that as a choice? Um, Yeah. Um, People usually think that when you go to a community college, you know, you might not be as smart or you might not have as many opportunities as you would with a bigger school but um from my experience being in a community college it gave me more opportunities um with playing basketball it helps um take that next step well after your two years at owens then you can think about going on playing for a four-year college and when you're taking that process the college coaches will look at that and you have college experience i mean we went to the national championship like that's something that they look at, and that's a positive thing. I mean, if you're coming right out of high school, you don't have that experience. You don't have that background. That's true. So if there was a group of students who were considering uh, community colleges, one of the options that they would do, what would you tell that group? Um, I would tell them to definitely go for it. I mean, if you're worried about what people are going to say and think of you when you go on, I mean, it doesn't matter. I mean, you're all going to different places anyways, so just do what's best for you. That is perfect. Tori, thank you so much. Thank you. Well, I'm really happy to be talking with Emily Timmerman, who's an author from Missouri, who connected with me on Twitter about this campaign to end the stigma against community colleges. Emily, how are you? Wonderful. Thank you so much for having me. Well, it's great to talk with you. And I I really appreciated connecting with you on social media because, you know, you're a writer, you're an author, but this issue of community college stigma matters to you. Can you tell me why? Well, I attended community college for about two years after high school, and it was really, it was a really great option for my family at the time. Um, I'm not sure if the state is still doing it, but Missouri used to offer um, two years of free community college for students who had had a certain GPA um, and had fulfilled other requirements, such as tutoring hours and things like that. Mm -hmm. So, I was able to go to community college and fulfill my general um, transfer studies for free um, under that program. Mm -hmm. And also a lot of my teachers at the community college were professors from Washington University or um, St. Louis University, other, other universities um, that were not community colleges or were, you know, considered like Uh, prestigious universities and Mm -hmm. I was able to have the same education from the same teacher um, that those students were able to 
to receive, um, except for at a fraction of the price. So, and I had smaller class sizes. I was able to interact with my teachers more frequently and more personally than when I eventually transferred to a larger university. Well, what a what an amazing thing for you to point out because I've had a lot of conversations and some of the things that uh, I'm passionate about have not come up yet, and you put your finger on it. So you're telling me that a lot of the professors that you had at your community college were also faculty at some of the area four-year colleges. Yes, definitely. And I had the hardest class of my life, my English comp two class. I think it was my, my freshman or sophomore year of college was mm-hmm. at community college, but it was a professor. I think she was from St. Louis University and her husband was also an English professor and they studied poetry in their spare time. And it was the most difficult class I had ever attended. Um, but I learned, I learned a lot and I had access to a lot of really, really um, great teachers, whether they were from different schools or not. But yeah, they came from all over. That is some high quality myth busting right there, because uh, that's an untold uh, story about community colleges is uh, geographically, we often share faculty with some very prestigious four year universities. And for you to say that your hardest college class was at a community college, that also pushes back on this idea that community colleges aren't a place where there's rigor. Oh, no, definitely. There definitely is. And um, I felt like in a lot of my classes, I was treated more, um, I was treated with more of a challenge. And the professors would kind of treat us more as adults um, with the assignments and and the way they explained things to us because they knew that some people had other commitments or responsibilities going on. And they knew that a lot of the people who wanted to be there or who were there really wanted to be there. and so it was it was a different experience for sure and I felt like that I really learned a lot from from the the array of teachers that were there for sure. Well that's wonderful to hear. Now you told me that you had considered being an ambassador for your community college. So have you seen any examples of negative preconceptions or stigmas about community colleges uh, out in your life? What what examples can you give me of those kinds of outdated or outmoded conceptions of two-year colleges? Oh, sure. You know, and especially because I'm from St. Louis here, people love to ask you what high school that you went to. So they're, they love to um, try to categorize people by their socioeconomic background. Ah. People love to do that by asking you about also, if you went to college and where you went to college, and if you say community college, many people here will turn up their noses or, um, you know, they've said to me that, um, that that's not a real school or, you know, they just kind of have distanced themselves from me um, after I've said those things. But I know my experience attending attending that school and the advantages that it gave me Um and it's just, it's just kind of silly. And so I kind of try to explain things to them sometimes or other times I just don't care because if they're going to judge me on their idea of what a community college is, it doesn't really matter to me. That's, that's interesting. So, so you have a kind of a fork in the road there. One is to engage and push back and the other is to disengage. When you make the choice to engage, um, what do you say? What do you say to somebody who is turning up their nose or saying that's not a real college? How, how do you have that conversation? Well, when I have that conversation, I, I state a lot of the things that I mentioned to you about um, how difficult some of my classes were, mm-hmm. that a lot of the faculty came from different universities, maybe a university that they had even attended. Um, I explained to them the 
I had a class that I had difficulty with when I had transferred to a university and I had failed that class. And um, my parents were paying for my school at that time, and they told me they were not going to pay for me to retake it there. So I went to the community college and retook the class, I think, for a fourth of what it would have cost me Mm -hmm. at the university level. And so that was something that was it's it's more easily available. It makes it it makes education more accessible for more than just a certain demographic or people who are legacies of someone else. Um or who have financial hardships. And also the classes, the class times are different. Um, it's just a little bit more available for people who have other responsibilities. Wow. Well, you know, that's, um, and that's, those are probably great data points when those conversations, when you, when you do make the decision to engage. And so the, the fact that this is still part of your story, you know, you, you transferred, you went on to a four-year school. You don't have to tell people where you started, but you do. And so what makes you proud to have started at a community college? You know, um, especially with recent news stories about uh, higher education, it, it truly honestly does not matter where you are going to school or what the name is on the school. It doesn't have anything to do with the value that you yourself choose to receive from the education that you're getting. So if, if you have the opportunity to go to school or to be in the presence of a teacher, how much effort you put into learning about the concepts they're teaching you or presenting to you um, can depend on what you get out of it. You can go to an Ivy League university and graduate not knowing anything. Um, or you could go to a community college and learn a great foundation of two years um, that you want to put towards a, a four-year degree, or you could learn a two-year program that gives you the skills for, for a different occupation. Um, so I really think they're a great resource, and if it offered my family um, the ability who were paying for three children to go to college at once, it gave them the opportunity to to ease the burden of one of one of us going for free for two years. Right. Um, and I tell people, I tell people all the time. I went to community college. I went to um, a private university after that to finish my undergraduate degree, and then I went to graduate school, and I got the best education I ever received at. St. Louis Community College. Oh, I love hearing that. I bet the folks at St. Louis CC feel that way too. <laughs> uh, and, yeah, I hope so. <laughs> well, and you know, and and uh, it is an interesting contrast, isn't it? Right, because you talked about three types of higher ed institutions that you have direct personal experience with, and mm-hmm. it sounds like it sounds like the powerful classroom experiences happened uh, in your community college journey. Yes. Well, that's great. And maybe it's because I'm talking to an author, but you know, when, when you were talking, I was thinking about the Frank uh, Bruni book. Uh, he's got a great title to encapsulate what you're talking about. He says, well, where you go is not who you will be. And, and, and exactly. yeah. And so, and, and the other thing that I'm sure you're aware of is that uh, all of the substantive research on thriving in college and post-college success uh, point to the factors that you described. It's what you do in a classroom. It's how you engage on a college campus, not the name out on the marquee. So it's wonderful right. that you're telling that story of yours. So, um, you know, when you think about your role as a writer, as, a, as an author, you're often called upon to explain things to people it's kind of your job, right? And so when when you think about folks who don't 
understand what you understand about community colleges. If they, if you were addressing an audience of folks who had some misconceptions or um, harbored some of these stigmas against community colleges, what would your short elevator pitch be to make the value proposition for community colleges? Well, I would say that community colleges offer the opportunity for um, for more of the population to have accessibility to an education, um, oftentimes the same level of education that people are getting at maybe Ivy League universities or other universities in the area with, um, with a more recognizable name. Uh, it's accessible in price. Um, and it's really, it was really just, it's a great option to have. And the school is not going to get, the name of the school is not going to get you a job when you graduate. Um, there are people who like to hear that you went to the school that they went to, but more often than not, people will be impressed with your journey from where you started to the end of it. Um, so, you know, I'm not, you said you're not where you start, but I'm not ashamed from where I started from because I learned a lot. And to me, I feel like I've come much further maybe than someone who has just graduated from Harvard because their father was a legacy. Well, that's fascinating. It's spoken like a true author, right? You're thinking about the storyline, <laughs> right? Like there's a, there's a narrative, right? And it, and it has a beginning, it has a middle, it has a trajectory. I love that. Thanks. Well, look, Emily, it was really wonderful to connect with you. I appreciate your time. And uh, it's great that, you know, even though you don't work in a a community college, it's clear that our institutions um, made a difference for you. And we really appreciate you telling your community college story when when you're talking about yourself and you're engaging people out in the world. No problem. Thanks for talking to me. Thank you. Well, I am very happy to be joined by Dr. Tara Zirkel, who is the Senior Manager for Community College Partnerships at Raise Me. Tara, how are you tonight? I'm really well, thank you. Yeah, well, it's great to talk to you. I'm so happy we connected on Twitter. And uh, before we get going, though, why don't you tell folks what Raise Me is and what it does? Sure. So Raise Me is a free platform for community college students where we try to connect students with what we call micro-scholarships, which are incremental scholarships that students begin to earn in their very first semester of community college. And how they earn those scholarships are by uh, logging incremental pragmatic achievements into an online portfolio. So for an example, if a student gets an A in a class, or they do community service, or they meet with an advisor, they can actually earn these bite-sized scholarships that over time accumulate into a bigger scholarship. So when the students prepare to transfer, they already know how much scholarship is waiting for them uh, potentially at a transfer institution. So we're really trying to get students involved in proactive transfer planning and really trying to make a roadmap of the behaviors and habits that are going to allow them to be successful transfer candidates. Well, that sounds like awesome work. Uh, So I appreciate you uh, taking part in this great and important work of uh, mapping out transfer for our students. And I'm guessing that's why this hashtag NCC stigma has connected with you. What is it that resonated with you about this uh, social media work? You know, there's really, there's both personal and professional reasons. 
And on the personal side, um, I myself was a first-gen, you know, low-income student who went to college and felt um, very overwhelmed by the process and felt my confidence was, was shaken when I arrived there. And eventually I went on to work in the community college system in Pennsylvania for 10 years. And when I came into that professional role, I saw that same um, fear and that same stigma and that same lack of confidence in my students. Um, so when I saw the stigma campaign, I really thought about the stigmas that I saw my students face um, and how also those students often came to us um, with other stigmas. Um, community colleges serve demographics of students that have been historically underrepresented who are carrying um, unfair um, stigmas sometimes. So all those different layers of kind of lack of access or layers of things that impede students from really accessing education um, definitely speaks to me. And at Raise Me, we speak with community college educators every day um, who over and over and over again describe obstacles that their students face that really resonate with the stigma campaign. Well, that's that's great. I know it's not great that the stigma is still there, but that the awareness that you have the awareness and all these connections through your work, through your work and your own personal story, that's really powerful. So have you seen an example or some kind of an anecdote of this uh, stigma in action? Oh, sure. Um, you know, there's really two that come to mind. And the first one being um, I worked for many years at the Community College of Allegheny County, which is in the Pittsburgh metro region. And for many years, I was an admissions director. And one of the greatest things about our job is that we got to venture into the community and venture into high schools um, to talk to students and talk to community members about all the wonderful things we had to offer them. And oftentimes, when we went into a high school or went to a fair, people were very receptive to us. But there were times where you would see, you know, a parent kind of guide their child away from our table or the time when you go into the high school and perhaps the, you know, the guidance counselor gives you the spot in the corner, right. During the fair. Mm -hmm. Um, So definitely saw times where folks perhaps didn't understand what we did or, or had a notion of what we did that was inaccurate. And I, I think the second example of stigma that I see is actually one that speaks to our work at Raise Me is as an admissions director, students can come in my office and one of their first questions was often about transfer. So how do I know my credits will transfer? How do I know that this is a really correct uh, step, you know, in my pathway to a bachelor's degree? And one thing that, that students would say repeatedly is, well, when I get to XYZ four-year institution, are they going to look at me differently? Um, is my degree going to be any different than a student who started there? Mm. And we really did a lot of work around um, trying to demystify that process to eliminate the idea that somehow that transition process was um, going to devalue, you know, their educational experience rather than add value to it. What an interesting lens, because when I when I was listening to you talk, I could picture families, students, parents kind of uh, voting with their bodies as they walked around these tables or as the as the colleges kind of put you in a less than desirable place at a fair. What a what a powerful example. So even though you don't uh, work at an institution anymore, you're still a community college person and connected with the sector. Um, What makes you proud to be doing community college work? 
scholar. It's been it's been my life's work. I, I wrote a dissertation on it, and I really think for me, access to quality education is a pillar of social equity. And working at an open access institution and continuing to work with those institutions really helps me feel like I'm starting or I'm a piece of a reconciliation process around um, historically institutions maybe not making space um, for all demographics of students um, and not making space for students who don't fit into a certain mold. So really, I just think working in institutions that really provide access contributes to our democracy, it contributes to economic stability, it makes our communities better. Um, when you have nurses and teachers and, and welders and folks that can really add value to both the economic and social components of where you live um, is such a tremendous source of pride for me. Well, I know that a lot of us feel that same way. You can, I can just hear the pride in your voice about that kind of important work. And it sounds like you're doing uh, some additional interesting work to kind of resource students to make sure that they can uh, take advantage of that access uh, to, to community college, which is great. So, you know, given, given that, given your experience, um, if you had a group of uh, folks who were open to hearing about community colleges, but maybe, maybe they held some of these misconceptions or stigmas, and uh, you had the opportunity to deliver an argument in favor of community colleges, what would that argument be? Oh, there's so many. I think a lot of people, the first argument is the, the affordability and the economic mm-hmm. argument. I think my argument, my core argument is that we serve, or community colleges serve, every single member of a community, whether it's the 14-year-old student that wants dual enrollment credits, whether it's the mature adult that wants to um, advantage from non-credit courses, whether it's someone who wants to transfer, every single member of the community can find a place in a community college, regardless of where they've been, regardless of where they are in their lives. There's something there that's going to enrich them. Um, and I think that would be truly, you know, the, the core of what community colleges do. Oh, I couldn't agree more. One of my favorite phrases about our institutions is uh, we have one of everybody. <laughs> and, yes, and it's good. Absolutely. It's what makes it good. It's what makes it great. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Tara, thank you so much for taking some time to talk with me. It's been great to connect with you on Twitter. And it's it's really cool to see um, organizations outside of, uh, you know, brick and mortar uh, community colleges advancing this agenda and also caring about how our sector is viewed. So uh, thank you for continuing to take on that that uh, mantle of having a positive message about community colleges and the mission. I really appreciate it. Oh, we appreciate you so much. Thanks. All right. Great, Tara. Thank you. Thank you. Well, that's it for episode three of the hashtag NCC Stigma Podcast Project. I hope you've enjoyed hearing the voices of our many allies who are working to end the stigma against community colleges through social media. If you missed episode one or two, they can be easily found on our landing page at nccstigma.org. That's E-N-D-C-C stigma.org. Stay tuned for future episodes as we are producing a total of six segments with the same format throughout Community College Month. 
The podcast is produced, recorded, and engineered by Steve Robinson, president of Owens Community College in Ohio. My Twitter handle is at OCC president. The theme music is Make Your Dream Reality by Scott Holmes of scottholmesmusic.com and is licensed through Creative Commons. Until next time, please push back against inaccurate and unfair characterizations of community colleges and share this podcast with your friends and colleagues. Use the hashtag NCCStigma as we focus our efforts and attempt to change the conversation. Thank you for listening.